Welcome back to Your Average Witch, where we talk about witch life, witch stories, and sometimes a little witchcraft. Today we'll meet Jasmine, the mystic at the crossroads. Jasmine tells us about being raised as a witch, which fascinated me, getting a message from Marie Laveau, and she makes me laugh with a story of a particularly fiery Christmas. Before we get to the interview, though, I'm going to tell you about today's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Bright Witch Brews. If that name sounds familiar, it should. I talked to Sarah Louise of Bright Witch Brews a few episodes back. Now, you know I love hearing about everyone's daily rituals. Find enchantment and sanctuary with your own everyday ritual of brewing tea with fragrant, flavorsome blends dusted with edible sparkles for an enchanting cosmic brew. Bright Witch has a blend to suit the taste of any tea lover, whether you prefer an aromatic black tea with bergamot and lavender like Astral Dreams, an ethereal berry blend, and my favorite like Blue Moon, or a fruity green tea with a hint of strawberry like Fairy Garden. If you like variety or just want to try them out, blends are available in tea taster size. These sampler sachets contain about five cups worth of loose leaf blend, perfect for discovering new favorites. Even better than a cozy cup of tea is a cozy tea paired with a cozy reed. Bright Witch offers a free tea time companion fantasy following Princess Penelope's misadventures with magic and her quest to reclaim love and family. If you're in the mood for a dreamy escape into worlds of magical woods, enchanted cottages, ethereal tea, and fantastic alchemy, put on a pot of tea and have a read. The story is ongoing and is free to read on the Bright Witch website, brightwitch.com with new chapters published as they're written and announced via email updates. This is one newsletter you are going to want to be on. Now, I got a chance to try this tea myself, and it is delightful. I've mentioned before that I'm not necessarily here for the glitter in most cases, but apparently that's different for tea because I love looking into the depths of my cup and seeing the magic swirling around inside. It's just gorgeous. But you don't really drink tea for looks, and this stuff tastes great. It's got a deep, fruity taste, and lucky for me, it's also caffeine-free, so I can drink it before bed or in the middle of the day. I even put some outside in my solar cooker to make some sun tea, and it makes a gorgeous iced tea, so you can drink it hot or cold. Listeners can connect with Bright Witch on Instagram and TikTok at Bright Witch Brews, and sign up for emails via the Bright Witch website, brightwitch.com, for product news, as well as tea tale updates. Sarah Louise was kind enough to include a discount for listeners as well. You can experience the magic of Bright Witch Teas and support our show by going to brightwitch.com and using coupon code YAW to save 15%. Now let's get to the stories. Hi, Jasmine. Thank you for coming on the show and talking to me. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited. I've been looking forward to this. Yay! Would you please introduce yourself and let everybody know who you are, what you do, where they can find you on the internet and everywhere else? Yes. So I am Jasmine Atten, also known as Mystic at the Crossroads. I am a practicing witch, a third generational witch. Um, And what I do is I teach people how to tap into their own magical powers and create a life that they love through the practice of witchcraft. Um, I am on Instagram under One Ritual Away, as well as my website, OneRitualAway.com. And I can be found on Facebook under Jasmine Atten um, or Mystic at the Crossroads. I also have a really active, really fun, super informative and awesome Facebook group um, that we started at two members and now we're at a little over 20,000 caught let's talk oh. magic. Yeah, it's it's been amazing. So let's talk magic is a is a great place where people can find me and also find other magical answers to questions and and all all things magical and witchy there. Love it. You say that you you claim the title of witch. What does it mean to you when you call yourself a witch? <sighs> Calling myself a witch. Um I feel like, first of all, being a witch, practicing witchcraft is an ancient, ancient practice that goes back so, so, so far, you know, beyond even modern day religions and organized spiritual groups and things like that. But being a witch for me is really tapping into my own energetic self, my higher self, my spiritual self, connecting with nature 
connecting with source, with creator, um, and using, you know, manipulating, so to speak, that energy that comes within me, connecting with the energy that surrounds me, along with various tools put together in a ritualistic sense to create an outcome, to create um, a change or a specific response in my life. So I, I essentially feel like being a witch is just harnessing my own power and creating my own sort of reality and existence through the use of nature and magic. I like that. Yeah. In simple forms. I mean, that's kind of what it boils down to from my perspective and my opinion and just what I've learned through my practice. Do you have any daily rituals that you'll share with us? Um, Yes, I do. So, First thing in the morning, I always, I go to my altar. That's sort of my, you know, you wake up, some people wake up in the morning and make coffee. I go over to my altar. I always start my day off with gratitude from the minute I open my eyes, but it's really important. My altar is sort of like my focal point, my energetic space, my telephone booth to the universe, if you'd like to call it. So I go to my altar, I light an incense. I say either a few words of gratitude or an affirmation. Um, I always have candles burning like 24 seven, there's candles going on my altar for some sort of intention or space or energy that I want to keep or bring into my life. So I will usually either read over my petitions or just kind of speak over my candles. And that's pretty much how I start my day. That's before I do anything, just gratitude and tapping into that energy for the day. So many people come on here and say that, and I, I'm really feeling like I need to do more gratitude work because when I wake up in the morning, first thing, I immediately start to worry and stress over things and that's not healthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's normal. You know, we're human. That's going to happen. And I mean, I stress too. I worry about all the same things a lot of other people worry about, but I do find a sense of comfort. Um, I feel like starting off with gratitude. I mean, if, if you only have one thing to be grateful for, it's the fact that you woke up and you were given another opportunity to maybe get today right if yesterday didn't go so well. So exactly. that's, that's always like my platform. And I kind of, it's like, regardless of what happens through my day, I have another chance to try again. And it really will help, at least for me, it's helped me when I had anxiety and I was worried about certain things, being in a place of just being grateful for each day and going to my altar and knowing that what I'm asking for will manifest in my life at some point, one way or the other, just gives you a real sense of peace and comfort. Yeah, I think I would genuinely be a happier person if I did some sort of gratitude work in the mornings. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it, kind of like it's a mood enhancement in a way, because when you're starting to focus on the things that are positive and going good in your life, the things that worry you don't seem to be so big anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. Now you said you are a third generation witch. Yes. Which fascinates me. (laughs) So obviously you have family history. Yeah. Do you have any stories that you can go into? Um, Yeah. So I learned everything from my mother. And she was an eclectic witch, which means she practiced various types of magic. She studied everything. Um, My mother started learning about the occult when she was 14. And this was way, way, way back when. So, you know, there was no internet. There was very limited information, but she always knew that there was something different about her. She was actually born as a medium. And her first encounter with dealing with the departed souls was when she was eight years old. So she always grew up a little bit different. And my grandmother um, also... I don't know if she would really label it as witchcraft as I grew up and got older and started to watch her burning her candles and writing out her petitions and doing what she called was prayer, which I now know was really meditation. And like, if you're burning a candle and you're writing out things and setting intentions for stuff that you want to see happen and it's happening, well, that's witchcraft. That's a form of magic. Um, I agree. And so that was passed down. And I remember just as even as a little girl, as far back as I can remember, my mother um, sitting at her altar and dressing candles. She did this as a profession 
far before witchcraft was more mainstream or kind of trendy, I guess you can say now. I mean, I'm talking back in the 70s. So she was reading tarot. Um, She used to do seances and help people connect with loved ones who passed over. She dealt with an abundance of clients. I mean, on any given day, we were at a candle store or she had someone coming over. And I remember her blending little bottles with like roots and herbs and oils and preparing different candles. And even we used to, I used to take all these baths. I'm talking, I was a kid, like six, seven, eight, nine. And she's pouring these different oils and salts and they're making these different colors. And I, I, you know, as a child, I don't know, I know what I'm doing, but I don't really know the full aspects of it. But I know she's putting me in this bath and it smells really good. It has this stuff floating around. So I grew up in this, um, fortunately, as a lifestyle. It's something that I thought was normal. I thought everybody burned candles and red cards. I didn't even know that that wasn't a normal thing for most people until I was like 10. I was like, oh, this is not what everybody does. Oh, this is how I was brought up. So I was, you know, I'm grateful that she passed all of that on to me and I'm able to use that now. It was an interesting childhood, to say the least. Um, <laughs> you know, I I remember this one particular time and I, I, gosh, I don't know how old I was. I know I was very young. I might have been seven or six or something like that. And um, my aunt was there and my mom was there and they were doing tarot readings with each other. And I was sitting on the floor and she would take her tarot cards and like lay out certain cards for me to pick or put my hand over and see if I could intuitively feel not necessarily the card itself, but what the energy was that I would pick up, whether the card made me feel happy or if it made me feel sad, you know, and that's, you know, if it's a happy card, maybe it's a cup card. If it's a sadder card, maybe it's a sword card. So she started sort of teaching me, I guess you could say, um, from a very, very early age. So yeah, it was definitely a different childhood experience, but I'm grateful. I mean, it's one I wouldn't change for anything. I'll admit to having some envy about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it comes to faux. I, I, part of me feels like, I mean, I did, you know, I played with dolls and I had all the little stuff little girls do, but sometimes I often wonder what my life would be like if I wasn't raised like that per se, but I'm grateful that I was. What would you say your first experience with witchcraft was? where you initiated it? Gosh, that's kind of hard to answer because again, it's been a part of my lifestyle. I would say when I started really getting into my own, own practice. So between what I learned from my mother, um, I always read tarot as a teen. I always did little small kind of rituals, but I had somewhat of a normal teenage life. So it wasn't until I would say maybe my early 20s when I felt very, I was in this place in my life where magic was calling me beyond just throwing a few cards and burning a little tea light candle. It was like, okay, I need to set up an altar. There's some things, some significant changes in my life that I was ready to make happen. So I was in my early 20s and I remember this one particular thing that happened. Um, I decided I wanted to set up an altar and I was, you know, going through what kind of altar did I want? What kind of table did I want? Where was I going to get it from? And at the time I was on a budget. So I didn't have a ton of money to spend on like expensive witchy stores and getting all this awesome stuff. And I was sitting in my living room and I was just kind of quietly meditating and connecting with my higher self. And I was just telling the universe like, okay, I need an altar. (laughs) I need it to be affordable. I need certain tools. These are things that I, that I don't have that I want. And I was coming out of my house. This happened the very next morning and my neighbor was moving out and my neighbor was like, Hey, you know, I'm moving and there's a few things in my apartment that I wasn't able to sell or get rid of. I have this really cool, like wooden table. It's not too big. It'll probably fit in your place. Do you want it? And it had shelves in it. And it was in my mind, I needed something with like shelves or drawers because I had all these candles and I knew I had incense and I had stuff like I need a place to store it. And I was like, 
Yeah. <laughs> it was, she like, she called her husband and he brought up to my apartment and it literally, it fit right in the small, at this like small little corner space and it fit perfectly. And that was my first altar and, um, or first altar as an adult. And I was like, okay, we might be onto something here. So I was, that was my first experience of when I knew it was time to really tap in and dive into my practice. I didn't even have to pay for the most essential thing I needed was a table. <laughs> I love stories like that. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Um, and that's happened. That actually was the beginning of a few things. I mean, the same thing happened one time. I wanted, um, I needed a wand and I wanted to make it myself. I'm very crafty in making my own witchy tools. And I was sitting, literally sitting under a tree. And I remember I was reading this particular book on magic and I was thinking to myself, I'm just going to find, like, I'm going to scour the park and I'm going to find me a branch and I'm going to wrap my own crystals around it. And I kid you not, nobody would believe this if they weren't sitting there but me. Just as I was reading this particular area about working with wands and how to craft your own, a tree branch fell right in front of me. And I was like... Okay, so it didn't clock you in the head, which is what I thought you were going to say. It didn't, but it could have. It was, it was, it, it just fell right in front of me. It was about maybe nine or ten inches long, just a little branch. And I just, I started laughing to myself, and I'm looking around because it's one of those eerie moments. Like, okay, are we in the twilight zone or what? <laughs> and I took that little branch home and wrapped my little crystal around it. And this was, I mean, I still have it, and that was over ten years ago, and I've kept it since then. I would think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so magic is all around us. Okay, so I do not have a working altar. I have shrines, which hold things that I like to look at or have some sort of importance or significance to me. But I don't have a working altar. And I'm always curious when people talk about theirs. Can you share a little bit about how you put yours together and what you do with it? Mm-hmm. So... I have two altars. So one is my working altar, we would call it. The other one, I guess it's kind of a shrine, maybe a cross between. I have a prosperity altar and I work with Ganesh, who is the Hindu god of prosperity. Mm. And yes, yes. he's sitting in my north um, west corner of the house, according to feng shui. That's the prosperity corner, which oddly just sort of happened. I didn't plan it that way. Just when I moved into this house, that was the only place he could fit. So he's there. And um, on this, on both altars, I keep the four elements. I keep um, water. I keep a representation of earth, which is through crystals. Um, I keep a incense, a incense holder. I have a cauldron. I have wands. I have an athame. And I have plants because I feel for me, it's important to have living energy around me because my altar is alive. Um, On my prosperity altar, I also have a waterfall and then I have Ganesh and his offerings, which is typically fruit or things that he likes, depending on um, just what I have, you know, at home that week. And then I have my candles. So for for that particular, my prosperity altar is all about my stability, my stability in my home, stability in my business, in my finances. Uh, I only burn money candles on that altar. Everything that's on there, the crystals, money trees, my I have a little, um, not a little, it's actually pretty big, a honey jar, a money honey jar. So that whole particular just section of my house is dedicated to my prosperity. And that's where my candles never go out. They're lit 24 seven. One goes out. I light another one on my working altar. It's slightly different. Um, it's a working slash, I call it a community altar because that's where I do work for clients. And it's the same setup, crystal, water, um, incense, cauldron, wands, with the exception of I have, so I'm a Pisces. And I connect very deeply with the water element. So I have a aquarium, uh, a planted aquarium, actually. So I have a fish with a beautiful plant growing out of it. It's a lot of watery energy going on in my home. And so that particular altar, that's where everything happens. I dress candles there. When I do readings, I'm sitting there pulling cards. Um, When I do ritual work, everything goes on that particular space. 
uh, separate from Ganesh. I kind of, he's like my main squeeze. So I, all of my personal stuff goes on his altar. And then my working altar is just sort of open for any type of magic I need to practice. <laughs> I went to this really, um, I went to an event over the weekend. Mm-hmm. It really changed my life, I feel. So I'm really interested in bringing in new things. So thank you for sharing that with me. Absolutely. So you grew up in this. Mm -hmm. Did you hide it or do you have some sort of coming out story? Um, so it seems like it wouldn't be safe to talk about too much when you're younger. It's true. And so, yes, I do have a coming out story. And did I hide it? When I started to grow older, when I became a preteen and a teenager and really got a very deep respect and understanding for people's individual spiritual and religious beliefs and just learned that this is not something that everyone identifies with. Um, The one thing about my mother was she did expose me to a lot of things and she had friends, even though she was a witch and practiced witchcraft, she knew people from all walks of life and she was very social. She had friends that were Christians and Catholics and they knew that she was a witch and that was something they never really talked about, but they still had an independent friendship. So she did allow me to explore um, other areas of spirituality and, and, and religion to really make my own decision as far as she never pushed anything on me. It was just like, this is what I do. This is what else is there. Decide for yourself. So it wasn't something I necessarily really ran around and talked about. I always, you know, I had teenage girlfriends that wanted me to pull a card on the boy that they liked or burn a candle or something like that. So I never projected it out, but I think just the way I was brought up and who I am, um, kind of bohemian and hippie ish, it was obvious, like something's she's girl wearing crystals, like there's something different about her. So I didn't hide it, but I didn't go around running around like, hey, y'all, guess what? I'm a witch and I got a deck of tarot cards and some candles for you. It was never, it was never really like that. Um, interestingly enough, I feel like your vibe attracts your tribe. And I've always attracted people to me that was either curious or maybe practicing or something of the such. Um, so my coming out particularly, I would say this started, um, is sort of how my business developed accidentally on purpose. And this was back, um, in 2015 or so I was, I left LA, I moved to Florida. I was at work and I was talking to a coworker and she had this situation going on and I had just like, I don't even know, it just sort of blurted out. I was like, girl, you need to light a candle for that. And she was like, light a candle? Are you talking about the same kind of candle I'm talking about? And <laughs> um, I'm like, yeah, you know, we're kind of like looking at each other. So anyway, we get into the conversation. It turns out that she was a bit familiar with candle magic. And I remember specifically sitting at work and telling her one day, I wish there was something I could do to start my own business that I absolutely am passionate about, that I love and that I'm naturally good at. That's not going to be too stressful to figure out how to do. And she looks at me and she was like, what about your candles? And I'm like, what about my candles? And she's like, yeah, like you're naturally good at this. You love it. You're, you know, everything you've told me to do works. Why don't you start teaching people how to prepare candles to change their own situation? So the thought kind of went over my head and I was like, that's crazy. Who's going to want to, who's going to want to hear that? And at this time, you know, years ago, Magic was out there, but it wasn't as big as it is on social media now. There, It wasn't on all over YouTube. It wasn't all over Instagram. Everywhere you turn now, everybody has a crystal. Everybody's a tarot reader. It just wasn't like that. So lo and behold, fast forward about a month or so later, I was at home and I'm sitting and I have all of my, I have candles out. I'm getting ready to do this big ritual. And a friend of mine was there hanging out with me. And he like pulls out his video recording camera and he's like, what are you doing? You know, why don't you start talking about it? And I'm shy. It's first thing in the morning. I have no makeup on. I'm like, what are you, why are you recording me? I look like a hot mess right now. And he's like, you know, shut up. I'm going to ask you some questions. Just tell me what you're doing. Explain these candles. What are these oils? What are these herbs? 
And so he records this video and I leave for work and I come home eight hours later and he put it on YouTube. And I was like, oh my God, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And he edited the video <laughs> and everything. And he puts it on there and I'm like, take that down. Nobody's going to want to hear what I have to say. Nobody wants to hear about witchcraft. And he's like, well, I think these 75 subscribers you just got in the past few hours wants to hear what you have to say. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, are you serious right now? And that was the birth of One Ritual Way. And I guess you can say my coming out because I started getting emails from people asking questions and saying that they've been curious about this and that there's not a lot of knowledge out there. And then I put one video, I was like, well, you know, it can't hurt, right? Let me share some more information. And I did like one video on how to attract more money, like how to get a raise at your job. And I did one for like how to open up your roads of prosperity and bring about new opportunities. And the more I put out there, people started asking questions. And I started getting emails from people like, I did that road opener candle and I got an apartment and it worked. And, you know, can, can I talk to you? Is there a way, can I book, a, do you do readings? And it just, it just blossomed into what it is now. So I guess that's my coming out story, really. I love this. <laughs> it wasn't my plan. I think the universe just made it happen like that. Well, it sounds hopefully I could lean in on that a little bit myself. (laughs) What would you say is your best, when you look back, is your best experience with witchcraft and your worst, if you are okay going into it? Oh yeah. Um, so my best experience, I'm going to add on to that maybe slash confirmation. Um, this wasn't necessary. It wasn't a spell that I did, but it was something that happened that to me was very profound and a turning point, you know, um, kind of where I was like, okay, girl, your magic is working. But um, I was driving, I was doing a cross country back from Florida to LA and I stopped in New Orleans and I always wanted an opportunity to visit the cemetery where Marie Laveau, her burial is. And it was a big deal. I had thought about it. And so I went and this particular day I went to the store and I said to myself, well, I'm going to purchase some items to leave offerings because traditionally they say you go, you leave her an offering, which I do in any cemetery. But when you visit the departed, you leave an offering for them. Yeah. And you can't just walk up to the cemetery. Now you have to go with a tour group. So that day I was excited and nervous and all of those things. And I remember telling my friend, like, I really, it would be nice if we could just do this tour by ourselves. I, I, I don't really want to go with a bunch of people because I want to have a few minutes to leave my offerings and just kind of speak some words and just sit with her. So we get to the bus, like it's a shuttle thing where you go and you meet your tour group or whatnot. And we're there and like, nobody else is there. And we're kind of like, are we on the right day? Is the right time? Like, no one's here. Are we in the right place? And the tour guide comes. And he's like, you know, this is kind of strange. No one's here. I guess it's just the three of us. So we go on the tour. (laughs) I leave my offerings. Um, Luckily, the gentleman who was our tour guide happened, him and his wife were voodoo practitioners. So he was like, technically, you know, we're not supposed to let you do that. But we're just going to say I didn't see it. And he gave me a few minutes to spend with her, which is what I had one really wanted. So after the tour, we leave and we go into this voodoo shop. My first time there, never been there, never knew anybody there, just walking in, buying some items. And the owner, he's checking me out and the owner grabs a candle off of the shelf. And he says to me, Marie told me to give this to you. Oh, and it was, it was again, one of those eerie kind of twilight zony. And my friend is looking at me with his mouth open because this man never saw us a day in, in our life, we were not talking about where we just came from. He did not know where I just left. And he wraps the candle up and I'm kind of in a bit of shell shock at the moment. (laughs) And, you know, so I, I was like, what? He's like, Marie just told me to give this to you. So he gives, he wraps up the candle and, you know, I'm back on the road I waited all the way till I got to LA because I didn't see what it, I didn't see the type of candle. I just knew it was a candle and I opened it up and it was a Marie Laveau candle, which I still have to this day. I never burned it. And I thought to myself, 
okay, something, I knew magic worked. I've always known this is who I am. But for me, that was a very profound moment. Um, You know, I didn't cast a spell, so to speak, but I do think leaving her offerings was a ritual and it was recognized. And that was very, even more eye-opening and just another learning experience about how magic, how it's real and how it works. And yeah, that was, I, for me, that was my best experience, honestly. So <laughs> that's that was, super interesting. That was, I love hearing things like that. It was, and it was, it was another one of those things that no one would believe me if they weren't there. I'm so glad that my best friend was there and he was able to witness it. Cause if I tell people this story, they'd be like, really, did that really happen? I'm like, no, yes, it really happened. I promise it did. So that would say that was my best experience. Um, worst experience. So I've had two kind of different things happen that I wouldn't necessarily call worse, but I would, this is something I always tell people is you have to be very careful with your magic and you have to be very clear on what you're asking for because things don't always show up in your life the way that you intended them. So kind of going back to Florida, I was working and I had decided, you know what, I want to make more money and I just, I need a new job. I need a new environment. I need to make more money. So I did a ritual, did a spell for it. And then of course, along with the spell, nothing drops out the air. You have to do the tangible work. So updated my resume, did all those things that you're supposed to do to find a new job. Somehow, I do not know how this happened. My resume, my updated resume ended up on my work computer and my bot. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, she asked, she, she called me into her office and she, and with my cover letter. Right. So it's like dead on. (laughs) Right. It just shows up. And I'm like, how in the world did this happen in my mind? So, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I'm about to walk the plank here. Like she's going to be like, really? You were, and there was no explanation. It looked like what anybody would think you're obviously updating your resume on company time. And now you're looking for another job. So you know, she calls me to her office and she's telling me like, you know, what, what is this? And I just like, yo, listen, the truth is I need a new job. I'm looking for something else. I understand if you got to fire me, I get it. And so nothing happens. The next day she comes in and she's like, you know, we need to talk. And I'm thinking, all right, well, let me pack up my desk. This is it. And she <laughs> says to me, we decided to give you a raise. And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> right. But when I say be careful with how your magic works, She's like, yeah, we're going to give you this raise. She gave me the exact amount of money that I wrote down in my petition with my candle spell. But the contingency mm. was we we want to transfer you to our other office because that's the only way we can justify this raise. Well, I turned out working further from home, 12-hour shifts in a hectic place that I absolutely hated. And I was like, okay, that was one spell that technically I said I wanted a new job in a new environment. I got that but it came at a cost. So I've never had really terrible experiences with magic, but that didn't quite pan out the way that I had planned. Sort of. Speak. Yeah. So that was one thing. And then on the flip side, I had one experience where I was doing work for a client and this particular client was just, she was in a very dark place in her life. She had a lot of things going on and I chose to take her case and, and to help her. And I was doing, she had a very serious um, spiritual attachment to her. So I was doing some work for her and this one particular, um, this last part of her ritual that I was doing was essentially to remove this energetic attachment that she had picked up. And I'm sitting at my working altar, which this particular altar was in a separate room because I keep, um, I, I don't like to say light or dark magic, but I tend to keep things a little separated. So I'm doing her work and I'm pulling this energy off of her. And I felt it was almost like, um, like, like a puff of air had flew past me, whatever that was, I knew just how her candles were burning and everything, whatever it was, I was pulling it literally off of her in my living room. I had a mirror that had been over my altar for probably a good year untouched. The mirror fell off the wall. It knocked my entire altar down. All my candles broke and my floor caught fire. Holy moly. Yes. And so I was like, okay. Um, 
that's one, the last time I did any type of spiritual removal work in my house. I now do it in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was like, what the hell was that? So that would, if I were to say that was the worst or scariest, you know, that definitely was, thank God it, nothing turned out too crazy, you know, but it could have been a lot worse than what it was. So it was just something that another learning experience in my practice of this is very real. You have to be careful and do banishing spells outside from now on. So <laughs> those are my, those are my experiences. <laughs> That's some good info. Everybody take notes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> do you feel like you ever have problems with imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome. Um... I feel like I know the answer, but I'm very interested to hear what you say. <laughs> I don't really feel that way personally. Um, no, I really don't just because, the, again, I was fortunate to be raised into this as a lifestyle. Yeah. So I know some people come into their spiritual awakening at a different time in their life. Some people come into witchcraft as a means to help themselves or fix themselves. Some people come into it, unfortunately, because they think it's trendy and it's a thing going on and being a witch is cool. But this is who I was like literally conceived as. I don't know how to be any other way. So I don't think that really applies to me. That's what I was thinking and hoping you would say. Yeah. (laughs) What is your biggest motivator in your practice? Oh, um, one is, of course, living a healthy, happy life. Two is helping other people achieve their dreams and goals and teaching. I think that's my big thing is teaching others that they do have something that's naturally within them that they can tap into to really navigate where they want to be. Um, also clearing up the misconceptions and there's so many negative condensations around just even the term witch or witchcraft. There's so many things that are just so misleading out there and shedding the importance of this is an ancient practice that came long before anything that was ever written in anyone's book. Um, this is something that's very, very natural. It's going back to the roots, going back to the basics, no matter who you are or where you come from, ethnicity, part of the country, world that you live in. Witchcraft has been practiced in every area, one way or the other, and just really bringing that awareness collectively to the community so that people, at the end of the day, it's about being happy, healthy, manifesting a life that you want, taking control of your own life. So that's what really motivates me. So along that line, what do you most want out of your practice? Um, I mean, it's really the same thing, of course, who doesn't want to live happy and healthy. Um, I want to grow my practice. I have students that I'm working with. I want to see them grow. I want to see my clients and followers and they grow into their own practice. I want to expand my business to help other people to reach other people on larger scales and just to have the, I don't want to say appropriate, but to be sharing the correct way or the, or the knowledge. I don't want to say correct because there's no really right or wrong way in witchcraft, but sharing from what I've learned that has worked onto others and just grow upon that and share that so others can share so that we can all be happy. What has brought you personally the most joy out of your business and your practice? Oh man. Um, seeing people succeed, getting feedback, hearing success stories from individuals, even people like myself that At one point I worked, you know, I worked, I was in corporate America working a professional job. I was able to start my own business, seeing people turn their life around, seeing people um, kind of growth and self-discovery, self-mastery through self-discovery. That's what brings joy to me to see someone come from a place of maybe darkness in their life or a place of self-doubt or a place of knowing that they're here for a purpose and they don't know what that is, but they're trying to find it. And then tapping into something that really guides them in this journey that we all call life. 
So my sister is freaking out because her daughter left for college and now she's like, I've been a mother for 18 years. I don't know what I'm doing. So I think I'm going to send her your way. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. Please do. I mean, and that's the thing. Everybody's going through different stuff in different stages in life. And it's normal for you to get to this crossroads or this stuck place where you're really looking like, where do I go from here? Why, why am I here? That's the biggest question, right? Like, why are we all here? And where do I go from here? And if I am here, what do I do with my time? So that's really my focus. And I'm still figuring it out. I don't have all the answers. You know, there's people that have lived on this earth longer than me, and they're still figuring out. I think it's something that we're all a work in progress together. What I do know is I have utilized some tools that has helped me for my own self-discovery and self-mastery. And I've shared that with other people that's led them on their destiny. And that's really what it's all about. I mean, being on earth, this is uh, this is your training. This is your opportunity to evolve your spirit, in my opinion. So it's, it's, a, it's a day-to-day practice where you're learning and you're developing. And then you're learning how to make yourself comfortable while you're here. So why not give it a go? I love that outlook so much. <laughs> yeah, it keeps and thinking about that too. It helps that that right there. I remind myself of it. It keeps my anxiety down. It keeps me from being crazy. You know, it it and I will say for a lot of people, this may not be for everyone, but in my personal opinion, practicing witchcraft and diving into my spirituality helped me at times in my life where I didn't feel my best, you know, as a woman, I've had all the insecurities, all of us women have, I've had depression, I've had all those things. And sitting at my altar and going within and lighting my candles and practicing my magic. And there's nothing better than doing a candle spell and seeing results that kind of gives you a boost in confidence. You feel like, yes, I can finally get ahead. I'm controlling something in a positive way in my life. It's really, it's a tool that can be used on so many levels, including healing. I don't see why everybody doesn't at least explore it just once. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my little outlook on it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what would you say your biggest struggle is with your practice? Oh, I am impatient. I am very impatient. Um, Waiting for results to happen and knowing that they will come in whatever way they manifest, whatever shape or form, but patience, um, setting it, forgetting it, letting it go. Um, I find the same thing when I work with clients. I understand everybody's going through different things in life. And when you're doing practices, spell work, ritual work, you're hoping for an outcome and that anxiety behind isn't going to happen, when it's going to happen, did I do it right, all of those things. So that would probably be my struggle. Um, because I'm human and that's just normal, but that, yeah, that's the hardest part is waiting for something to manifest and just wanting it right now today. And I know that not to say it can't happen, but you know, things take time. So that's my struggle. I like you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I like you too. Yeah, that's It is. It's just, it's real like anything in life. The good thing though, and again, another reason why I feel so passionate about my practice is at least I know I'm doing something. At least I feel like I'm doing something versus doing nothing than nothing. Yes. So, you know, and if I have to wait a little longer for the right outcome, however that's going to play out, then I receive it. I just have to sit back. I mean, there's nothing I can do. I got to sit back and wait for it to happen. So, <laughs> okay, we're going to get a little bit lighter. Okay. Do you have a favorite Sabbath? And if you do, what is it and how do you celebrate it? Oh, so, I love this question. I, by far, Samhain is my favorite Halloween, the witch's holiday, the witch's new year. I could go on and on and on about it. Um, it's a very significant time of year for me. And when the wheels turn, when you are, when the veil is lifted, when the spirit world and the earthly 3D realm are able to connect and you can really tap into source, um, how do I celebrate it? Wow. So for me, it starts, um, it really starts from the fall equinox moving into 
the holiday. But I love to, of course, this kind of goes back to gratitude. And I do everything from redoing my altars. They all get a complete facelift. The things that go on there typically symbolize growth and abundance, um, um, stability, like the things that I put on my altar. When we get closer to Halloween is where I do a lot of ancestral work. Both of my grandparents and my father have transitioned. So I like to set up a space and honor them and give, put offerings and things that I know that they really enjoyed when they were here. Um, I, I practice, I learn, I study, I go very deep into studies. I practice um, developing, even though I'm highly clairvoyant, I think there's always space to go deeper within my own subconscious. So I usually spend a good six weeks in this time between fall equinox and Halloween, um, just embracing who I am as a witch, the culture, the energy, and really trying to connect more to the spiritual realm since that energy is free and abundant this time of year for us. That's, that's pretty much all that I, that I do. Do you have candy? <laughs> Lots of candy. Yes. Okay. Yay. <laughs> I do have candy. Yes. Okay. Now we're going to go on what I like to call the roller coaster ride. Okay. What do you, dislike about the witch community we're gonna head down that hill and then we're gonna come up with what you love about it afterward <laughs> okay um that's a good question so i'll be very transparent about some of the things that seem to kind of you know ruffle my witchy broom a little bit that's what i want <laughs> <laughs> and that's what this is here for so you can say hey people this is upsetting me yeah you know what i have seen and i'm gonna just pinpoint i mean through youtube through social media even in my own facebook group this doesn't happen a lot but it does happen is people feeling so entitled in their practice to say you're not doing this right you're not dressing your candle the right way. You're doing it on the wrong day of the week. You're not writing your petitions the right way. Or the my biggest one that really drives me nuts is somebody telling a person, you can't practice this because that's not your ancestral heritage, which I think is complete bullshit. Excuse my language. But I feel like Energy is energy. Magic is magic. Witches should not be bashing other witches, especially on YouTube. I mean, I've seen videos of these so-called witches that are supposed to be so spiritual and they're working with clients, helping to create a magical life. But then you want to bash how someone else chooses to do their practice and no one's way is the right way or the wrong way. That's called religion. I think magic is magic and that really needs to stop. We need to support each other as practitioners not bring each other down really. I always think it's interesting when people say you can't work with whatever deity. Yeah. I because uh, it's a deity, you know, if they don't want to work with you, they won't. Exactly. It's not like I, my little dumbass, can force <laughs> whoever to do something for me. Right. They're, they decide. They're a higher power. That's why they're called a higher power. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like if someone is drawn to working with a certain deity, a certain spirit, a certain area of magic, there's a reason that they're being called to it. Um, and let them explore that. Let them do them. I mean, I have a high respect. I understand there are some spiritual systems where they say you have to get initiated to learn certain yeah. things. And I totally... I, and I'm not even really talking about them per se, but if you're eclectic or if you're a, a what we'll call a baby witch, you're a beginner, you're new on this journey and you're trying to figure out who you are and what fits for you and what works for you, no one else has the right to tell you that you can't do something. There's nothing wrong with, in a loving, supportive way, say, hey, I have a suggestion how maybe you could have did this differently or you know, did you know you could use maybe this oil would work better than that oil, but to just blatantly call someone out and just, or even judge um, someone for them. And this ha this has happened in my Facebook group. A person will ask a question about what spell can I do for such and such, or what can I do for this? And the response is like, well, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, who are you to tell yeah. the other person? You're not in their shoes. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what 
you don't know what that person is dealing with and why they felt that they needed to resort to magic to solve it. So instead of telling them what they shouldn't do, if you can't offer anything of value, then why don't you leave them alone and let someone else that can give them some helpful knowledge so they can fix whatever it is and be on your merry way. So that's the one thing that just when I see posts on Facebook and Instagram and I read threads, it just gets under my skin because I'm like, just let people be great and stay in your own lane. Really mind your business and your magic and don't worry about what the next person is doing because it really is not going to affect you in the long run. So if you can't help them, just move right along. Master the art of scrolling. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. That's perfectly said. I do try. I like White Sage is huge one, Palo Santo. Mm -hmm. I will say that I prefer not to use those for X reasons. And then I list alternatives that I use and why I use them. Mm -hmm. But I do. If it's not something that I feel. I don't even understand how a lot of things people have possession over it. But if, if it's something that's unrelated, I have no indigenous ancestry that I'm aware of. So I'm not going to say you can't use that. You can't use white sage because blah, blah, blah. I will say that about smudging because it's a specific ceremony. It's like, just language words mean things right if you're not doing a smudging ceremony it's not smudging it's something else right that's true that's me being pedantic and i know that and i will loudly say i am pedantic as fuck (laughs) i love it um (laughs) anyway what do you love about the witchcraft community (laughs) so on a lighter note um what i what i what brings me joy is there has been this collective explosion of us coming out of the broom closet and owning who we are and standing very firmly in the fact that, yes, I'm a witch. Yes, this is what I do. I burn candles. I'm in control of my life. And I have tapped into something that's working for me. And it being very positive and a lot of people like yourself included doing this podcast, I think is amazing way to spread awareness of something that is usually looked at in a negative light. And it's not is a positive, beautiful practice of people just tapping into who they are. And what I do love is seeing all the videos and all the different practitioners and all the different ways, you know, there's a hundred and one thousand ways of doing a money candle and scrolling and seeing everyone taking their time. This time is valuable and their energy and their knowledge and sharing that freely to the community for other people to help themselves. That I find is a very beautiful thing. And it's a very selfless act because everybody could be doing something else, but they take the time to do this work. And I just, that's what makes me feel good. That's what inspires me to keep going and connect with other like-minded individuals. Because at at the end of the day, we all want the same thing and we all want to see other people succeed. And we're trying to help people get there. So that's what I love about the witch community. That's exactly why this exists. Because I want to show people that we all have insecurities and are unsure and have weird things happen to us when we start out and sometimes even after we're start, when we've been doing it a while it happens to all of us mm-hmm. absolutely yeah so in your podcast i think this is awesome by the way i just want to throw that in there just you again you sharing your time and your knowledge and giving us an opportunity to just share this space with you and and share what we know so i'm truly grateful I'm grateful that anybody wants to talk to me at all. <laughs> Every time someone says yes, I'm kind of like, oh, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. What do you wish more people were talking about? If there is anything. Um, I feel like. One thing that's very important for all of us collectively is to learn how to get out of our own way. Um, It all starts with self. So I see an abundance of, you know, you can go on YouTube, Instagram, whatever, and you can find a spell for anything, but addressing the root cause of what got you in that situation in the first place. So instead of throwing up, and I'm not, I'm not knocking anything, but Instead of just throwing up these temporary candle spells or rituals to fix something, 
I wish they would talk more about how to do rituals to tap into whatever that root inner cause of the situation is and how to work on yourself. Because regardless of any magic, you can burn a hundred candles. If you're not right internally, the magic isn't going to work the way you want it to anyway. So that would be nice to see practitioners um, tap in on that. I also feel like maybe sharing a little bit more. Everyone wants to throw a spell out there, but not a lot of people talk about their own experience and what walking this path has done for them. So sharing a little bit more about where they've come from, honestly and transparently, if they so choose, and what this path has brought them to and why it's rewarding. That may help other people not be so fearful and may make them take that time to want to look into themselves and start practicing witchcraft to better their life, essentially. How dare you call me out like that? (laughs) (laughs) What? What do you mean? On my own show. I the, the the transformative thing that I went to, I got kind of like physically ill because I basically have not socialized in more than a year mm-hmm. in person. And so being surrounded by people um, and I'm not I'm a very introverted person, even when there isn't a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I've actually been enjoying the pandemic as far as socialization goes. Mm-hmm. So being around people made me physically ill for the first two days. Wow. And while I could say, hey, somebody hooked me up with a spell on how to uh, to feel better, I know that I need to work on my mental health mm-hmm. more than do a spell to feel better mm-hmm. for that day. I mean, that's all of us. I can relate. I'm an introvert also. I can definitely relate to how you feel. But yeah, I and just what I've learned is there's always an underlining root cause to certain things. That one way or the other, eventually at some point, will have to be addressed in order to be the best, you know, version of yourself. Not just you, I'm just saying in general. Yeah, maybe for me, maybe I need to go back to a therapist. Maybe I need to get back on some sort of meds for the OCD. Hopefully I don't, but I mean, that might be a step I need to take instead of, hey, let me wear a bunch of garnet so I'm braver. Right. (laughs) No, absolutely. And that's a good, that's a, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's another thing. And this is something that I share with clients is you have to take care of yourself in any means necessary and whatever capacity that looks like magic, witchcraft. Yes, it works, but it's, it doesn't solve every problem and every issue. And sometimes you do need to talk to someone. Sometimes you do need to take a pill to feel better, to get yourself in a place to work on those changes spiritually. So whatever it takes, it's okay to do and not even have self-judgment around it. Yeah, it took a long time because there are so many people who are who push that idea. Well, you just need to get outside more. This is a drug. This is a plant. And that's sort of meme conversation about psych meds Mm -hmm. that bothers me. Yeah. I agree. And no one's in, you know, nobody's in anyone else's shoes or living in their heart or their head or their emotions to even, they may be trying to be helpful, but you don't know what the next person needs. And there is a lot of things going on right now in the world that you may not want to go outside. Good Lord. Stay in the house and pull the shades down and hide under the bed somewhere. Exactly. So (laughs) I understand. Trust me, I do. Who would you say are the three biggest influences on your practice? Oh, okay. Um, My mother, for sure. Um, Without her, I wouldn't even know any of this. Um, Without really naming any names, there were a lot of people who inspired me that I used to watch on social media and watch on YouTube that I feel were very brave to come out of the broom closet, given the fact that they had families and jobs and all those things and say, Hey, I'm a witch and this is what I do. Um, so that was, that was a very supportive place to go in part of the witchy community. And what's also encouraged and inspired me to keep going as long as I have. And then I would say my clients, my students, people who leave comments on videos and just say, Hey, thanks. You know, this is really helpful. Um, they all collectively influence me to keep going and keep sharing and keep studying and learning and practicing. So I have more to share with others. I love that. It never occurred to me to say clients. Yeah. I mean, without them, there would, I mean, that makes sense. (laughs) 
there'd be no business if they weren't there. So, and I like, I like talking to people and hearing their stories and getting an idea of where they're coming from and seeing where, what do I have to offer that can help that person? I mean, that's what really, that's, it's literally my life now. It's what I wake up and do on a daily basis. Who do you think, who would you like to hear come on the show and talk like this? Oh, um, I'm trying to think. There's a list of favorites that I have. I have someone specifically in mind. So this particular woman, she happens to be a mentor of mine, and she's very knowledgeable in magic, extremely knowledgeable in her own practice. And what she does with her witchcraft, she has combined that um, with how to work on shadow work how to go inside. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. That's a, that's a shadow work is important. It is. And I think, especially for a lot of people who are um, running a spiritual business, they, whatever it is, whether you're a psychic, a medium, a practitioner, um, having someone who can help you clear out whatever your own shadow blockages are so that you can excel in your business. And that's really what she does, um, along with many other things. But I found being in the the work that I am, it's hard for me to go to someone and say, hey, I'm a practicing witch and I need you to design. I need you to market me or I need you to create a website that does this. I've literally had someone tell me that she was a Christian and that I was going to go to hell and that she had no interest in working with me. I'm like creating a web page and I'm like, I'm paying you to create a page. What difference does it make? I respect it. So um, yeah, Toshar, my mentor, I think she's amazing. She's so knowledgeable in the craft and she helps spiritual people um, fix themselves to have a better business. So it would be great to see her and have her share from her perspective, opinion, professionally and magically with you. I have two more things that are not questions. Okay. But I still ask everyone to do it. One, recommend something to the listeners. It does not have to be witchcraft related, just something you think people should look into today, right now. Okay. Um, I would say look into, if you love someone, call them and tell them. Spread some more love, spread some more positive energy. If there's someone you haven't talked to in a while, if there's a friend or family member, if there's somebody you're not getting along with, but you truly care about them, put your ego to the side, take a minute out your day and just reach out to them. Because what we all need right now is a little more love and a lot more support from one another. I'm going to call my mom after this. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, I would like you to tell me a story about I would like to hear your favorite story to tell when you get together with your friends or your family and you think, remember when that story? Oh boy. Um, okay. So this was Christmas several years ago and my good friend, I had just moved to Florida. So I was really homesick and I was by myself and one of my best friends came to spend the holiday with me. And this is a story that he and I vowed we'd never tell anybody, but I'm going to share it anyway, because it's actually kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) So me, Little Miss Candle Magic, I'm always trying to do a ritual and things. So this is like Christmas Eve and we've had dinner. We're hanging out. Me and my bright ideas is like, well, let's, you know, let's do a ritual together. And so we have everything out on the table. And at the end of the year, I always like to do a clearing ritual just to like let go of that year and welcome in the new year and everything like that. And I, I handed him this stuff called chasing powder and it's a little powder. You put it on charcoal, it smokes up and it like smudges the house and clears out this energy and everything. And he, to me, you know, us women, we always think that we're right. I'm, he's not doing it right in my mind. And you're not doing it right. Right. I'm, I'm contradicting myself, but I snatched the chasing powder from him. <laughs> oh, here, give it to me. I'll do it. And I, poured accidentally the chasing powder onto the charcoal and it smoked up when I say so this stuff has like saltpeter in it which is combustible 
Yeah. And it blew the cauldron off the table. It smoked the entire <laughs> house up. I like grab the cat and throw her out the door. My dining room table with our Christmas dinner is literally on fire. Oh no. <laughs> and it was, it was, I know it sounds crazy. It was at the moment, it was kind of scary, but it was kind of funny. So we ended up, you know, charring the table and throwing it out. And the funny thing was we had both talked about certain things that we wanted to like see happen for ourselves in the new year and things started manifesting like literally the next day. So we always <laughs> laugh and joke about it. Cause we're like, remember that time we lit, the, we go back and forth on who lit the table on fire um, <laughs> during Christmas. And yeah, so that was one of my funniest, interesting mishaps, but it's always a great story to tell. And it's always something funny that he and I reminisce on to this day. He'll call me and say, remember when, and I'll just hang up the phone. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> So yeah, that was, that was, yeah, something that I will never, ever, ever forget. Those are my favorites. <laughs> yeah. So. When it's just so dumb. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, what in the world? Remember the time we caught Christmas on fire? <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, but hey, I have a good story to tell. So, hey. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun and amazing. And thank you for the work that you're doing. I really appreciate it. Oh, gosh. Thanks. Absolutely. You're awesome. Oh, no. (laughs) You're awesome. Aw, thank you. Uh, Thank you again. And I will see you around the internet. Okay. Sounds good. See you then. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks so much to Jasmine for being on the show. And thanks to sponsor Bright Witch Brews. You can get some delicious tea, stories, and magic at brightwitch.com. And coupon code YAW will get you 15% off your order. It's review time. This one is from Nuts 888 a name I deeply appreciate for multiple reasons. Nuts says... This feels like hanging out with my witchy friends. It's casual, relaxed, informative, and always entertaining, too. We can always learn from each other and our experiences in the witch community, so this is a great resource for us in times where it is difficult to actually get together in person. Thanks, D's Nuts. (laughs) Community is exactly the reason I do this podcast, so I'm glad you enjoyed it. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Your Average Witch. You can find us all around the internet on Instagram at Your Average Witch Podcast, Twitter at Average Witch Pod, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Your Average Witch Podcast, at Your Average Witch Podcast.com, and at your favorite podcast service. Want to help the podcast grow? Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You just might hear your review read at the end of the next episode. If you'd like to recommend someone for the podcast, like to be on it yourself, or if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, send an email to youraveragewitchpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the moon changes. (laughs) 